Welcome to Deep Well Astrology. I'm Allison Disler, a psychological astrologer and somatic educator. And in this podcast, we'll explore how astrology can illuminate our embodied consciousness and nourish our soul. Welcome to Deep Well Astrology Podcast. Today is Thursday, December 1st, 2022, and we're opening this month with Mercury and Venus nearing conjunct in Sagittarius, opposing our friend retrograde Mars now at 10 degrees Gemini. Over the last two episodes of this podcast, I've been exploring the Gemini-Sagittarius axis line through the lens of Venus. So if you've been following, you're likely already aware or have been aware of what houses Sagittarius and Gemini represent for you. But if not, go ahead and take a look since we're now in Sagittarius season and we still have that Mars and Gemini and we'll get to be with Mars and Gemini for quite a while. Mars has been in retrograde in Gemini since October 30th. And it's been in Gemini altogether since September. It will continue retrograde through January 11th, 2023. I like to think about Mars archetypally as representing the action potential, this kinetic energy, the way we get things done, virility, motivation, sexuality, vitality, aggression, and sometimes combativeness. So if you think of it first as just that energetic principle without labeling it good or bad, it is just this ball of energy, this doing potential. I tend to read Mars as indicating or representing how we get things done. So I am a psychological astrologer, which means that I'm looking at planets archetypally and mostly individually. It's not that I don't feel that we can look at astrology in a mundane way or in a, a way in a global sense. It's just that I focus on the archetypes and how they relate to the individual. So Mars is an active principle, and it's about how we get things done, the way we go about action. I think in general, when Mars is in retrograde phase, any one of the archetypal themes around Mars might get turned around or scrambled. And when we think about Mars also as a planet and just as a archetype, some of the words I already mentioned, but one of the other things we can think about Mars is it's hot, dry, sharp, penetrative, um, red, dusty. So think about Mars as both a planetary archetype and you can also think about it in a mythological sense. Um, And any one of those things, when Mars is in this retrograde period, it's not able to act in the way that it likes to act, to move forward. So things get scrambled and it's not as clear. Motivation isn't quite as clear. There can be a loss of virility or vitality. 
There can be a scattering of energy. You can set off to do something and not quite be able to get it done. And since Mars is in Gemini retrograde, you think of Gemini being representative of things like communication, information, information exchange, um, Gemini is an air element. So when Mars is retrograde in an air element and air is already dispersed and communal, you think of this sort of dispersal but erratic nature of communication and things going one way, then being pulled back and then having to revisit this. So there's a lot of movement involved in this Mars and Gemini. So some key words, I think, about Mars and Gemini. It can often signify things like versatility, communication, messaging, and writing. So again, with Mars in retrograde, we might see any one of these areas being affected. And then you place Gemini, of course, in one of the houses in your natal chart, and you can start to see even more personalized themes coming up. So notice what house Gemini occupies for you in your natal chart. And then see if you can just sit with that a second and think about since especially October 30th, has there been anything that has that sort of Mars retrograde feel? Redoing, revisiting, but being scramble, going in different directions, starting one way and then going the other way or Another way of thinking about this, too, is aggressive or combative communication or having to relive a fight or go through something that feels challenging in an information sort of way, like you send one thing out and then you got to pull it back and then it gets conflicted with somebody else. So there's this potential for communication to have some edges to it. Like I said last episode, perfect for the holiday season. That's some dry humor there. (laughs) But since Mars has been retrograde a while, again, look at the house of your natal chart that's represented by Gemini. And just journal on that or think about that for a second, because you're going to be going through that still Mars retrograde until about January 11th. And I bring that up because today we also have opposition to that Mars from Mercury and Venus in Sagittarius. So that brings in Mercury and Venus. So communication on one end and the other. It's possible that exchange or communication within relationship may be on the forefront today. I think of Mercury conjunct Venus in Sagittarius as wanting to express meaning or truth to get to the point or desiring to authentically pursue something direct and pointed. And then I think of Mars and Gemini as motivated to scatter or disperse or make light of something. So there may be a dance between truth and meaning and distraction or seriousness and levity. Looking at your chart, what house does Sagittarius represent? And what truth wants to be thought about or spoken here? For more on the Gemini-Sagittarius axis, head back to episodes 49 and 50 of this podcast. Moving on to today's topic, we're going to whirl the axis one sign ahead 
and start to visit the Capricorn and Cancer axis line. Believe it or not, by next week, Mercury will already move into Capricorn, followed by Venus on December 11th. So let's get out ahead of these ingresses and look at giving and receiving from the perspective of Venus in Capricorn. A Venus in Capricorn is opposite to a Venus in Cancer. Capricorn and Cancer are on opposite ends of the axis line. Before we examine the differences between the sign, let's consider some similarities. Both Cancer and Capricorn are cardinal signs, along with Aries and Libra. I like to think of cardinal signs as catalyzing or initiatory signs whose gifts lay in beginning a process. And now compared with the two other cardinal signs, Aries and Libra, I think the Capricorn Cancer axis line is a little more enduring or has a little more staying power compared with its cardinal friends, Aries and Libra. This, I think, is due to their elementals. Cancer is cardinal water sign. Capricorn is a cardinal earth sign. I sense water and earth have more of a heavy solid or churning quality than the movable and easily dispersed or able to go out and flow air and fire signs. So one way that Capricorn and Cancer differ is in their element. Again, Capricorn is an earth sign. Like Taurus and Virgo, earth is an element that is rooted in the here and now and also in the sensual, like what can be touched or savored. Earth represents what's realistic or practical. It's not always assertive, but it can be defensive if security is threatened. So that's an elemental. So, earth elementals are usually focused on things of the earth, things that are material and tangible. And some other Earth keywords are solid, secure, steady, ordered, routinized, supporting, organized. There is some weight to the Earth. So, in a way, Earth moves in a slower pace than fire or air. So it's more slow going or enduring or consistent. Next week, we'll look at the element of water when we go deeper into Cancer. But let's take a moment to consider any other words or keywords or themes that you associate with the element Earth. If you have a Venus in Capricorn, your Venus is in a cardinal Earth sign. When you think of Capricorn, what are some of the first things that you think of? Some people associate Capricorn with the animal totem of the goat, while others incorporate the symbol of the sea goat into Capricorn. I like the image of the sea goat because it affirms the linkage between Cancer, which is cardinal water, the sea, and Capricorn, earth, the goat. The sea goat is not an animal symbol that right now is popular in our modern mythology. The closest mythology that we have 
is in Sumerian mythology. And it's really fun to look at this if you haven't. You can look to Inki or Anki, it's E-N-K-I, who was a Sumerian god of water, knowledge, crafts, and creation. Also ruled over the waters, lakes, and the sea, and fertility, magic, and mischief. The symbol for Anki was the goat fish, both symbols of fertility, so both the goat and the fish in those times. In a way, using the planetary or Greek mythology, we may look at Anki later as parsed into several different archetypes, especially in Greek mythology, because there is a mercurial aspect to this Sumerian mythology, as well as a Venusian aspect, the trickster, as well as the one who is fertile. If you read further, some would equate Anki with Poseidon later on and just kind of shifted into Poseidon in Greek mythology. But I don't think that that is a pure good translation of that archetype. I don't think it holds up 100% because Poseidon was really a truly water being and didn't have as much to do with that element of fertility, especially fertility of the land. So when it comes to understanding the symbology of the sea goat, I think Anki is a good mythological reference point, and you do have to go back further than Greek mythology. Anki mythology also helps us understand the Capricorn archetype. There is a connection with fertility within the Capricorn archetype. Pairing well with its cardinal nature, it can be an initiator of fertile endeavors, a matriarchal or sort of patriarchal character. There's something about the archetype that requests admiration, respect, or dignity. So it is powerful in itself as an archetype. And others may see this power and project this as looking towards a Capricorn as a leader, a leader of people, a leader of a fertile endeavor. When it comes to Venus in Capricorn, we want to think about this Venus, you know, and how it desires things. Or what do you think a Venus in Capricorn deeply wants? Remember, at the Capricorn's base is Earth. So this is an Earth-based Venus, which will tend to land in desiring things of the tangible, practical. And the general desire is centered around Earth-based principles like security, being witnessed or noticed for earthly achievements, recognition of place or status, a Venus in Capricorn wants to be noticed for having climbed the mountain or worked hard and diligently at something. A Venus in Capricorn may have a real desire to build or make something tangible, something you can see, smell, taste, touch, even build something on a grand scale, a business, a community, a house. A Venus in Capricorn is 
often going to want to take its time. It's somewhat like that Venus in Taurus. So there's there's this gift in the material plane that sometimes a Venus in Capricorn can see the steps of something being built, but it also needs and wants to take its own time. And it wants to be noticed for this. It may even feel as if something is being manifest because it wants to be seen or respected. That hard work and seriousness that that people can sometimes have with a lot of Capricorn placements, there's a responsibility for that, but there's also a request to be noticed. So so status and, and respect are a big part of this Venus in Capricorn. Where Capricorn is in the chart, no matter what, this always signals a place where there's a responsibility. And in fact, a Venus in Capricorn may desire to have the feeling of being responsible or placed in a situation to take on responsibility. And it depends on what the rest of the chart is doing. So this relationship with being the responsible one and what one is responsible for or taking on responsibility that's a really good thing to keep in check with the rest of the chart. So how is that working out? Are you taking on appropriate responsibility? Do you like that? Is that a place you've always been and are you choosing it? A Venus in Capricorn values the hard work and effort that's put into something and the commitment put into relationships. And once again, similarly to Taurus, it wants and needs a sense of security like I said, it has that similar thing of wanting to take its own time. So with relationships, friendships, business partnerships, if you're in a partnership with a Venus in Capricorn, commitment is key and endurance is the gift. So be mindful when you're saying what you can and will commit to, that there will likely be some seriousness to your Venus in Capricorn. And we want to honor that. And if you have that Venus in Capricorn, check in with yourself and see, is there a desire to be surrounded by people, places, and things that are reliable, that you can rely on for commitment and trust and steadiness? What else do you think of for Venus in Capricorn? Going back to the idea of fertility, I think that it's through the nature of the Capricorn archetype with its effort, hard work, and willingness to take on responsibility, which is never shy of walking up the mountain, that yields so much fertile and creative endeavors, arts, business, and life in this world. Two, among my favorite artists, out of many, David Bowie and Dolly Parton are both Capricorns, and both took their artistic callings boldly and seriously, and yielded so much fertile influence on this earth. And they were always ready to work, to work at their creativity. So thinking about the topic of giving and receiving from a Venus and Capricorn perspective, if you have a Venus in Capricorn, what do you think it takes to be open to receive? There's a real strength, know-how, and endurance to a Venus in Capricorn 
that can make this Venus stoic or feel as if it doesn't need any outside assistance. In fact, this Venus may be used to be in the position of being responsible for many others, including the hearts or well-being of many others. Because this state of endurance or stoicism is natural for Capricorn, it may take some time to understand how to spend time laying down lightly the desire to always be responsible or to hold the weight of responsibility. I think this is where leaning into the back end or that cancer archetype, the, the friendly opposite of Capricorn can be helpful. And it can be helpful to lean into that part of the archetype, that Cancerian archetype, which is so good at homing, pulling up and homing, pulling back, retreating back, and bathing in its own self to self-refresh away from the crowd. And, you know, in Capricorn sense, to self-refresh, to bathe oneself without having to be responsible for so many things. Reflecting on responsibility, what do you feel responsible for? And also notice what are you actually responsible for? Or what do you want to be responsible for? And this might be the first gift you give yourself or someone else who has a Venus in Capricorn is either this dialogue or reflection about responsibility. And even, you know, I, I spoke with a lot of Capricorns that grew up and you're used to carrying a load of something, or you've always been used to that. And it's really good to check in with oneself over time that, you know, does the load want to change? Does the responsibility want to change? What, what do you actually desire to be responsible for? This reflection is a huge gift and, and know that you can pick things up and you can let things go. And just because you've had a life of responsibility, does that mean that's necessarily what you have to carry forward with you unless you want to? Now, if you're thinking about gifting, you know, in a sense of gifting somebody else who is a Venus in Capricorn, you might also like to think of the keyword building or initiating, or commitment. This Venus desires something to work at or build on. You may consider something to work on over time, like a larger project, initiating a remodeling, or a gardening project, or an actual building project, just depending on the scope. It might be building a puzzle, building a miniature home, Something that takes some labor and cooperation that's tangible, that's, that's earthly, that's in the material. You might also just have to look again at a smaller scale about what might fulfill that need to responsibly cooperate on something locally. You could gift something like a volunteer day. I think about the Habitat for Humanity building day. There's a lot of things that the community could use some workers or builders towards and it's also exercising that responsibility that giving and fertility but also getting your hands in something you're working working with the earth and spending some time doing something good another gift you may consider for venus and capricorn is a simple recognition statement 
of valuation for them or yourself. So this can happen as a a verbal admiration or respect. It could just be a gesture. It could be a card. It could be a letter that you write yourself or could just be taking the time out, realizing how much that this person or that you're holding and offer yourself some respect for yourself in that. I like the idea of, you know, making a card for somebody about what you've noticed that they're holding and how much that you admire that. If it's genuine, of course. Remember that a Venus in Capricorn, it, it wants to build and it wants to have status and respect, but it's not just enough to not be noticed in a way. And I think that's what makes Capricorn and Aries a little different. I think Aries is a little more non-attached as a cardinal sign and just going to go off and kind of do its own thing. But Capricorn, there is something of stewardship and fertility and, and, um, and nourishment that is involved with Capricorn and letting them know that you admire and respect and notice what they're doing is wonderful. Finally, another way to gift your Venus in Capricorn is with something that lets you both enter the joy of hard work together. And depending on who you are, and that might sound crazy, but hear me out for just a second. Hard work and the labor of hard work, like a long hike up a mountain or a day of farming um, or a day of working at a cider mill when you're you're really working and putting in the sweat and the labor, but you're making something and you can feel the earth of your body and you could feel and see a tangible result is a joy for many people. So if you're with somebody who has a lot of Capricorn placements, ask them about what they find joy. Like what what kind of work, what kind of hard work do they find a joy in? And see if you might be able to share a little bit of that with them, even if you are not somebody who quite understands the joy of hard work. How does it feel to climb a hill though? And one of my most joyful conversations I had about, you know, I love walking up hills and mountains and I found somebody else who also just had this joy of walking uphill so much that they would walk uphill. They'd find places to walk uphill and have somebody pick them up because they didn't want to bother going down the hill. And I thought that was just wonderful. And I don't know what kind of Capricorn placements this person had, but I, I thought that is just a, an important reminder that, that, uh, there is a joy and effort and to get to know that, especially if you got some Capricorn placements and just get to know about that joy. I want to say to this Venus in Capricorn and bringing the seagoat back around, just celebrate yourself, write yourself a note of respect. You are, in fact, a rare seagoat kind of Venus. All right, until next time, take care. Until next time. Breathe deep, linger long.